Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. I want you to just grab a pen and paper and journal out, what do I know? The question, what do I know? And then immediately hit the paper, right? Immediately just like free form, right? For however, like two to three minutes, what do I know? And that will help you re-engage with that intuitive part of yourself. Now, the inner critic is then going to start to, you don't really know that, (laughs) right? Like, no, step aside, have your turn later. But it is connecting with that part of you that actually does know. It may not know the how and, oh my God, what are we going to do next? And what is life going to look like? But just what do you know, right? The how we can deal with later, all of that stuff, like the logistics, the planning, we got you. First, what do I know? Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Listeners, I'm so thankful that you're here. And this week's episode is one that I've been wanting to have for a long time. My guest is kind of an idol of mine, someone that I follow that I have learned a lot from. I've taken her courses so that I can become a better mediator. I have the lovely Kate Anthony. She is the host of the Divorce Survival Guide. If you haven't listened, you should go take a listen. She's got a new book that I've had the opportunity to take a look at called The D Word. And I think it comes, you can pre-order it now or it comes out on the, on December 26th. So. It's such an insightful conversation. Kate really specializes in how do you know it's time to divorce? So we talk about that a little bit. Talk about what if you just don't feel like you love someone anymore, but you have a fine marriage. And then we talk about a narcissist. And, you know, that's a word we're hearing a lot about lately. And I have Kate talk a little bit about that. But if you want to delve in deeper, I highly recommend her book. Go to the show notes, find it. It's really, really good. It's helpful for me and I'm not getting divorced. Just helpful in me trying to discover myself and my values and really, really eye-opening information. So this is an amazing episode. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome listeners. I am so excited for today. Actually, I'm like a little starstruck. I'm so thankful. I really am. I have Kate Anthony on, and I don't think, Kate, you even know this, but I follow you. I take your courses to become a better mediator. Kate Anthony has a great podcast that I totally recommend called The Divorce Survival Guide, and it's just like filled with great information to help people like my listeners. So, Kate, I know that my audience probably already knows you. But if they don't, can you please share a little bit of your background? And I just have to say again, I so appreciate you being here and the work that you've done. 
and you've got a book coming out called The D Word, which I've been digging into a little bit, just pre-ordered it today too. Really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank Thank you for that. Thank you for being here. I'm sure you're super busy with this book coming out. Yeah. I just, well, first of all, thank you for (laughs) that incredible introduction. I, I'm so, and the idea that you've taken my courses, that's crazy. Like I never really thought of my programs as being, you know, useful for professionals. So that's wonderful. Thank you. I just so appreciate that. I am honored to be here. And thank you for buying my book. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's really good. And Kate, I just have to say it's good whether you're going through a divorce or not. And we'll get into that a little bit more when I ask you some questions. But can you just share what led you to do the work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I think like many of us, it was my own divorce experience. I got divorced in 2009 maybe it was final in 2010. I don't know. But I spent years agonizing over the question, really years. And, you know, trying to decide, should I stay? Should I go? Was there just one more thing? Was there just one more thing that like I wasn't doing? You always feel like there's a switch that you just haven't found yet, especially when you are in any form of toxic narcissistic, abusive relationship, right? It feels like, first of all, you're always being told that there's just one more thing that you should be doing that will make everything fine, right? And that's part of the gaslighting. So I felt like the goalpost is constantly moving, right? But we don't know that when you're in it, like you just don't know that you're like, oh, there is one more thing I should be doing. If I were talking this way, or if I looked this way, if I lost this much weight, if I right? Then everything would be fine. And you're constantly doing all the things and feeling like you're going crazy because it's not working, even though you're being told that if you do it, it would work, right? And so I spent so long in that process that when I, when, when I got out, you know, frankly, my ex and I ended up having a really great divorce, which is literally luck of the draw. I just happened to be divorcing someone who was willing to, you know, he wasn't about to go into post-separation abuse. Like that just wasn't his style, right? He was going to be the guy who was like super dad and the best ex-husband in the world. And that was frankly luck. And, but a lot of people would come to me and say like, how did you guys do it? Your marriage was so awful. Yeah. (laughs) Like my marriage was overtly awful. Like everybody knew it. We weren't hiding a thing. And they're like, your marriage is so awful. How are you guys like actually doing this? And I was like, you know, we really both put our son at the center of every decision that we made, but we both did. Right. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say that it's a crapshoot, but it, it really kind of is right. It's luck of the draw. If both people, both people need to be committed to that. So, you know, there are things that you can do, right? If you're the only one who's committed to the process being amicable and putting your children at the center, there are a lot of steps that you can take that can facilitate that. You can't insure it, right? If you're the only one, but you can do your part. You can keep your side of the street really clean. You know, I straddle both sides of this, right? I do help women. I am a divorce coach. I help women through divorce. I'm a high conflict divorce coach. So I really like understand how to minimize conflict on your side, but I also help women make the decision to stay or go. And a lot of it is the education piece and the you are not crazy piece. And that's a lot of what my book is about, 
It's about both. Like I think it kind of straddles. It, it does sort of move into the divorce realm as well later in the book. Because I think yeah. that when you're trying to make the decision, one of the things you want to know is like, what's this whole process even going to look or feel like, you know? And so having some information and education on the process while you are trying to make the decision is useful. So I did try to include that as well. So yeah, that's I kind totally... of how I got here. <laughs> Roundabout way. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And what I kind of want to focus on. So I said I have these four questions and my clients, when I do a consultation, one of the biggest questions, it's always they're concerned about their kids. And sometimes they don't know if they're ready to get divorced. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what's like the one thing that a woman could start with? Where could, what could she start thinking about when she's looking at divorce? I think it's kind of a, a two or three tiered process, really. The first part of this process is really getting grounded in yourself because especially if there's been any toxicity there, you lose your sense of self. If you've been in any form of a, you know, abusive or narcissistic or whatever relationship, you really have lost your sense of self. You're being gaslit. You're being told that your experience of the world is wrong. All of those things. And even if you're not, like, even if you're not being abused, right, if you are in a marriage that's fine, but you don't feel like you just don't feel in love anymore, you you just like, I just don't feel this anymore, you still have been spending a lot of time probably trying to fit yourself into some box that you don't fit into, right? And so the first thing we've got to do is get back connected with our sense of self. That's what the first part of my book is. It's exercises for that. It's really helping you ground yourself. Women have one of the strongest, you know, we have the strongest intuitive, you know, of, of the genders. Women are the most naturally intuitive. And we have, there's a lot of, you know, scientific data that proves this, right? Shows this. And that we are, we're so intuitive. And also we live in a culture that is dedicated to squashing our ability to connect with that intuition, whether it's through, you know, the $60 billion diet industrial complex that tells us, you know, to not listen to our hunger and fullness cues because, you know, that we won't have the body that we're supposed to have or, you know, whatever it is, we are taught not to connect with our self. And so the first thing we got to do is kind of clear the decks a little bit. We often fall into the trap of looking at what they're doing. Is he a narcissist? Is he an abuser? Does this rise to the level of blah, 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 right? And it's like, okay, let's, let's put that on the back burner for a minute and let's just focus on you. And Kate, I want to jump in and just say that is helpful. So I've been married for 32 years and I'm at this. I know. So I'm kind of at that stage too. I have a big spread of kids. I've got grandkids and then my last one took off to college. And there are a lot of women when their kids move along to college that sit there and go, I don't even know what I like. They're not even in an abusive situation, but it was so good for me to delve into your book because I started to realize this can help me too. And I also started to get a little bit triggered. And I think my next question, <laughs> we can yeah. talk about this a little bit. But <laughs> Sorry. What, what is, no, it was good. It was very good. And then yeah, I go to right. my husband and I tell him. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's helped yeah. my marriage. You know, all this work that I do has helped me. 
in my own marriage. So I want to talk about why do you think women are unhappy in their marriages? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. And I'm glad you were able to bring that this stuff to your husband. And I hope he Mm -hmm. heard you. Women are unhappy in their marriages because marriage, the institution as we understand it or as we live it today, benefits men on the backs of women and our labor, whether it's domestic labor, emotional labor. We're carrying an absolutely unequal load. And, you know, there have been studies that have been done that say that, you know, even the men, even in, in marriages, and yours is probably one of those, even in marriages in which men think if, you know, they claim to be feminists, they think they're like really doing 50-50, even in those marriages, when you break it down, they're still only doing 20%. So imagine the ones who aren't even trying. Right. Right. And so... You know, men on average have an extra three hours of leisure time per week than more than we do. There's so much more work that we're doing. Listen, I think one of the biggest pieces of this is that overwhelmingly the personal development industry, personal development, books, podcasts on relationships, therapy is consumed by women overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Men listen to, you know, productivity podcasts and how to right. like, you know, ha- you know, biohack and, you know, they're whatever. But when it comes to relationships and personal development and digging into trauma and all those things, we're the ones who are doing that work. And then we're going home and we're being the therapists for our spouses or husbands who are not doing the work, right? Right. So we are carrying so much, you know, we, we spend so much time going, yeah, but he had a really hard childhood. And like, I understand why he is the way that he is. And it's really, it's really hard for him. And it's like, okay, I can understand the way that he is and have compassion, great compassion, but I'm not going to have more compassion for his childhood wounding than I am for how he's dumping that on me. Right. So, you know, go to therapy, dude. I get right. it. You've got a problem. You have a childhood. You've got a, you know, a history of trauma, all of those things. You were sexually abused as a kid. I'm so sorry. You know, this is the thing that I hear all the time. And I write about this in the book, right? Is like, oh, he gets, he gets caught cheating. And then he's, he's like, but I'm a sex addict. And I had this horrible childhood. And I was sexually abused as a child. That is awful. And that's real. But if you're not then going to go to Sex Addicts Anonymous or go to a rehab center or go somewhere and deal with the trauma that caused this, then you're, then like now it's on, it's all on me, right? That I'm Mm -hmm. suffering at the hands of your trauma and that's not acceptable. And so, you know, besides domestic, you know, domestic labor, all of the shit that we carry, right? Men Mm -hmm. are like, no, I do. I go grocery shopping and I, you know, I, all the things and I'm like, we are thinking six steps ahead. We're six weeks ahead. Oh God. So he's got the science project due a week from Friday. We're going out of town this weekend. So I got to make sure I have the poster board this day, but like we're doing that. (laughs) Amen, sister. And I just laugh because my husband's like, I love to grocery shop. And I'm like, that's because you go in and get whatever you want. You're not thinking about recipes and what's on the list. You're just like nonchalantly walking in. And I think I was triggered, Kate, by thinking about Thanksgiving. 
you know, Thanksgiving uh-huh. was coming up and I was uh-huh. hosting 20 people and yeah. my golly, I ordered all my sides and I thought I had someone bring it to me and I changed because otherwise I would have thought I had to do it all myself. And I, you know, right. I told my husband about it. Like, right. And then I, I noticed that he made a funny comment when I asked him to change the sheets and I thought, hmm, you know, why, why couldn't you yes. do that? So it's just really interesting. Yeah, um, things that I'm That's just right. so used to living in this society, right. living in this world. And, right. you know, I don't know that I would find a lot of support. Yeah, you know, I would be called feminist or. And what's wrong with that, by the way? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a raving feminist. <laughs> like, <laughs> feminism means that you believe in equality for yes. both genders. If we're talking about a two gendered, you know, the binary, right? Yes. That's what feminism is. Feminism is, means that you believe that women have equal rights to men and should have them under the law and in our culture and in relationships. Like that's, this is not a bad word no. unless you're in a relationship or a system that very, very, very much depends upon us not having that equality, which most relationships do, right? There's a, study I, I quote in my book that did a, they did a study of like a happiness study of heterosexual. Oh yeah. I like this one. People, right. The mm-hmm. happiest people, yep. the happiest in Western culture are married men. The second are single women. The mm-hmm. third are single men and married women are the least happy people on the planet. Hello. Or in Western culture, hello, yeah. married men are the happiest. Married women are the least happy. I shared that stat yes, with the hubby too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and right. And so I, my, my hope is that when you brought this to him, he was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Mm-hmm. I love you. I don't want that for you. Right. What do I have to do to make you not feel that way? Because in a right. loving relationship, like a lot of people are just oblivious to this stuff. Right. And because yeah. it's the air, air we breathe. But when you, ex- it's how they respond when you express it. Exactly. That's, right. That so can I kind certain- of make or break it. Right. Absolutely. So it can make it, I yeah. think it has made our marriage so much stronger. I mean, I think he's a little yeah. bit uncomfortable sometimes with yeah. things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But guess what? Like you've lived your whole marriage uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, like <laughs> Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now I have a question for you, Kate, that has Uh been burning in my mind that I've wanted to ask you that I had a consultation and the husband didn't want to leave it all. Lovely couple. You know, they have beautiful children. And she's like, I'm so happy. I love everything. I love our marriage, but I just am not in love with him anymore. Mm -hmm. And I kind of didn't even know where to go with that. So talk about that a little bit if you're feeling that way. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that sometimes I want to dig a little bit deeper because very often someone will be like, he's amazing. He's wonderful. He's all of these things, but I just don't feel it anymore. And then I start to dig a little deeper and it's like, "Mm, he's maybe not that nice. Or maybe you are exhausted because of the imbalance in labor, you know, domestic Mm -hmm. labor, all of those things. Right. So I want to get underneath it a little bit more and find out whether it's true that he's actually a great guy and the marriage is great and everything is great. I'm just not in love anymore. So that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is, and I have a chat on this in the book, like what is love? 
right? Like, what are you, what are you looking for? Because love, long-term love, you've been married a long time. It's not the same as it was when you were, right. when you first got married, right? You don't get the butterflies and the, you know, Twitter pated and all of those things anymore. And if you do, it's probably because it's new and exciting. But also when you get those butterflies and those Twitter pated things, it's often anxiety. It's also, also often recognition of something of a trauma that you've experienced in the past, right? So there's all yeah. of that. But I would sort of ask, you know, what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you feel like you're missing? I like that. Because, you know, love, the definition of love, right? And I and I sort of, I take a definition in the book from M. Scott Peck's book. Is it M. Scott? I think Scott M. I think so. Anyway, The Road Less Traveled, right? Where he says mm-hmm. that, and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something about sort of expanding each other's expanding each other for the sake of like spiritual growth. I think it's worth reading, right? He says, yeah, yeah, M. Scott Peck defines love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Like we were just talking about, like you bring an issue to your husband and he goes, oh, that's really uncomfortable for me, but I am willing to extend myself right? I'm willing to extend myself for the purpose of nurturing my wife's spiritual right. growth, right? Because we can't grow spiritually and whatever that means to you, whether it's religious mm-hmm. or right, I think it's a vital part of humanity to have some kind of connection to look, whatever it is to you, right? And if the atheists are listening, they're, you know, they, they're going to argue that. And I think that that's fine, right? We, <laughs> that's fine. I believe that having some kind of spiritual connection, um, whether it's with nature or whatever it is, right? We want to foster the growth in each other in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when I say I'm stuck and I don't know what it is, I want to ask her to do the self-work to figure out what's stuck in her because it could just be her, right? It could be her kids are all grown up and gone and she doesn't know who she is anymore and she feels lost, right? And she thinks it's the marriage, but maybe it's her. Maybe she's got some work to do. Right. Right. But when she brings that to her husband, what is his response? Is his response, well, I don't know. I'm fine. Everything seems fine for me. I don't know what your problem is. That's not really how you are in a, in a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. But if his response is, oh shit. Okay. What do we need to do? Right. Because this is a relationship. So what do we need to do? each of us to feed the health and and safety and sanctity of this relationship. And if both people are willing to do that and look into that, like that's gold. I'm going to send it her your way because I think she would love to do a little more work. I think she was married right out of high school. And I think it's the passion that's gone. And she also may have outgrown the relationship, right? Because that's, by the way, there's also that, right? She got married out of high school, Oh my God, who are you at 18? Good God. The idea that we can grow with another person for all of that time, you know, it's very rare Mm -hmm. that that works. You know, I know people who got married out of high school and now they're married to someone who has completely differing values, completely. They do not have the same values anymore. And so, yeah, we grew apart. Right. We grew on different paths and that's valid. I like that. I'm sending her to you. You'll get a new client, I'm sure. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. 
Okay. Now time is ticking, but I have one more question for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. We hear so much talk about narcissists. Yes, we do. Can we just talk? I know we don't have a ton of time, but a little bit about that. And is it true? Are there that many of them walking around? Because that is a question that goes through your mind, right? Is my husband a narcissist? So I feel that they're probably there. Listen, first of all, narcissism is on a spectrum and the spectrum is wide. And, you know, on the far end of the spectrum is narcissistic personality disorder, which something like, what is it like, like 1% of the population Mm -hmm. is diagnosed as, but by the way, people who have NPD are not seeking diagnoses. They don't think they have a problem. So, (laughs) right. I think it's widely (laughs) underdiagnosed. Good point. Right. (laughs) Right. We're, you know, we also live in a culture that glorifies narcissism to a degree. It creates, you know, listen, one of the, you know, the hallmarks of narcissists is that, you know, they don't have a lot of empathy. They might mask empathy. They know what it looks like. So Mm -hmm. they are really good at drawing you in with it, but they don't actually feel it. And they're super entitled and, you know, believe that the world revolves around them. Well, if you kind of look at the way we socialize men and boys these days, right? Like, you know, this is a cultural problem. This is no, no shade against men at all. Because by the way, it doesn't serve them either, right? It's not like it doesn't serve us to raise and socialize men and boys to be entitled and to believe that the world revolves around them, right? We've got to stop that. And it's a really tough sort of cultural pin to pull. But, you know, because then then when they don't get their way, there's, you know, their temper tantrums can look like, you know, mass shootings. It's dangerous. I do think it is pretty prevalent. I think we we have a name for something now that we, you know, we're talking about it all the time. And I think we're talking about it because we have a name for something that answers a lot of questions. Now, if the trap that I don't want is for people to get stuck in, is he or isn't he? Right. Because, right? you know, people are like, is he a narcissist or is he an asshole? Right. And like the answer really is, does it matter? Right. Do you want to be in, do you want to be married to an asshole? And it might matter because a lot of people are looking for this being like, well, if he's a narcissist and then I go to him and I show him like, look, you're a narcissist. You, you check all these boxes that then he'll change. Narcissists don't change. Mm-hmm. They can't. And assholes don't really want to either. Right? Like if he's a narcissist or an asshole, does it really matter? No. Great, great little piece of advice there for the listeners. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know, and it's, listen, this is why so many women, like something like 65% of divorced women are not getting remarried because, you know, we're kind of out here looking at the dating pool going, I'm good. Like, sadly, once you've done the healing work, which is tremendous, and you're out there kind of looking like, do I want to repartner? I'm not going backwards. So, yeah. I'm just a big believer in the doing the self work. And sometimes it saves a marriage and sometimes it saves you. So well said. So well said. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to 
ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because... When parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. Kate, we are getting towards the end. And so as you know, I have a saddle up segment at the end where I just ask my guests for one. You've given us so much, honestly, but just one little tidbit or piece of information that the listeners can do right away to have a better life or moving forward? Do you have something for them? I do. You know, it's in the book. So one thing is you can buy my book. But, you know, if you're questioning, if you're just not sure, and look, I think this is this is true for many of us on in any aspect of our lives, right? I want you to just grab a pen and paper and journal out, what do I know? The question, what do I know? And then immediately hit the paper, right? Immediately just like free form, right? For however, like two to three minutes. What do I know? And that will help you re-engage with that intuitive part of yourself. Now, the inner critic is then going to start to, you don't really know that, right? Like, no, step aside, have your turn later. But it is connecting with that part of you that actually does know. It may not know the how and, oh my God, what are we going to do next? And what is life going to look like? But just what do you know, right? The how we can deal with later, all of that stuff, like the logistics, the planning, we got you. First, what do I know? I love that. I love the writing it down. And sometimes I find when those saboteurs or weird voices come back, those naughty voices, mm-hmm. I can go back and look at what I wrote down and remember what I know. So that's, that's right. such great. Such great information. So Kate, where can people people find you? It's going to be in the show notes, but where can they find you? You're all over the place. I am all over the place. The you know, the, my website has everything. It's kateanthony.com. And I have a page on my website, kateanthony.com slash D word in the navigation. It says book, I think. And it has some ideas and information about how to buy the book if you need to do it yes. kind of in secret, because this is not a title that perhaps you want in your shared Amazon order history. And then I'm on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide and anywhere you listen to podcasts at the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You're doing great things. I love you. Thank Thank you so much for being here. I am so, so grateful. Oh my gosh. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Take good care. All right, you too. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through 
the mediation process and the Minnesota divorce paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.